Hello, everyone. Welcome to part two of our Sexual Assault Awareness Month series. And welcome back to Just, Just a, a Podcast. We sound so sad. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is part two, as I just said, and we're going to be going over listener questions. We asked you, you answered with a question, and now we're going to answer those questions uh, with those officials that we had last week, as well as give some tips on how to stay safe and sort of make sure that y'all's tips to us are as good as they should be. Um, definitely tune in to the rest of this episode if this is your first time listening this is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and we want to put out a trigger warning if any of this information may make you uncomfortable or bring you to a negative place. Please, uh, if you feel that this is very important and you still need to know this information, you can go to our Instagram to see our post series if that is a, a bit less triggering for you. But just a little trigger warning for this episode. But now we're going to get right into it with all of our guests. so much for all of your input on this i think we're going to transition into our next portion now which is listener questions so ken take it away yes and i just wanted to say thank you guys so much for saying everything that you guys have said so far like it's given me so much insight um so i just want to say thank you um so now we're going to move on to safety in college so we asked our listeners on our instagram what are some questions that they would like to ask professionals so I'm going to ask those questions and we can discuss it. So the first question says, I am going to college in a big city and I'm scared of walking alone at night. What should I do? And I know uh, uh, Danielle kind of talked about this a little bit, like when she, her experience when she was in college was making that plan and I couldn't agree more. And on our college campus, which is small, it's a suburb of Atlanta. So we're not downtown like Georgia Tech or Georgia State. Um, but, um, well, we still have people asking us, you know, Hey, I have to go from my car parked way out here from this building to there or whatever. Um, and for us, we, um, recommend the same thing, find a group of people that's in that class and walk with them. Um, we offer our, because we are a small campus, we offer if you want to have one of the officers come over and, and walk with you or, um, you know, be in the parking lot or something like that. That's a request they can make um, from our, uh, our department. We also have what's called the Live Safe app. And it's a app that's been become very popular on college campuses as well as other um, large campus organizations. I know some of the malls in Metro Atlanta have it, but it's an app, a really helpful app that um, has a whole lot of uh, resources and tips and communicative ways that they can get in contact with us. Uh, but one of those features is a virtual walking app and they can hit that 
have their friends tagged to it or family saying, hey, I'm walking from here to here. And it has a GPS monitor, so we know where that phone's at. Uh, and it's just one of those little extra tools, you know, uh, tech tools that, that students can use. On larger campuses, they'll have um, the little blue light phones um, sporadically through campus that are the little emergency contact phones that go directly to the police departments. Um, but uh, have a planned route. Uh, know where you're walking. Is it well lit? Uh, is there a lot of people on the road? Is it in a business district or um, residential? You know, what are the what are the physical dangers you may be facing in that particular area, and then just have a plan for it. Um, and just knowing yourself and and your limits. And and if it is if you're leaving the library super late because you were studying way too long and stuff, is it instead of walking, is it worth a couple bucks to call an Uber? and have them take you back? Um, or can you call somebody uh, and um, have them uh, you know, virtually watch you on one of these apps or that sort of thing? Um, but uh, just knowing yourself and, and your limits and being prepared for it and just, again, having that, that physical self-awareness of your surroundings, get the headphones out of your ears, your phone out of your face and be aware of your surroundings. That's a great tip to have someone virtually watch you. That's really great. Uh, do you think that those tips resound for all times of the day? And like, should there never really be a time that you walk alone on campus? Uh, it's, I think it's, um, people think about it more at night because night is dark and night scary. Um, uh, but there are certainly times where uh, people be, can be victimized from crimes in broad daylight, absolutely, and, and um, uh, especially, uh, you know, in the larger cities or that sort of thing. Um, there's, uh, you know, armed robberies, assaults, um, uh, pedestrian accidents, all those kind of things happen in the middle of the day as well. So certainly being more aware of your surroundings for me applies any time of the day. Just typically more people worry about it more at night because that's just what is kind of ingrained in us is bad things happen in the dark. So, um, but I would definitely, if you are nervous about walking from one portion of the campus to another uh, or that mile long walk, you know, to the building that's, you know, located, uh, you know, further away from campus, uh, again, just having that a plan in your, in your mind of what, you know, what am I going to do? Um, and, how can I get from point A to point B safely, as safe as I, as, as safe as you can? Yeah, I don't, I don't work on a college campus and I, you know, so I only got anecdotal tips, but just in general, um, from a, again, situational awareness, echoing everything that Lieutenant talked about, um, 100% utilizing the resources and technolo technology that is offered to you. But then um, just another tip, vary your roots you know what I mean if you're if it's your schedule and I was when I was reviewing these questions like in general how do we be safe walking at night or is it you have Monday Wednesday Friday your lab class gets out at 9 45 every day um is that your general schedule like you know that you'll be walking at night every night um so if that's the case um vary your roots don't go back to your dorm the same way every time oh yeah buddy for sure always great um like detective reed had said um make a friend <laughs> like don't be scared to talk to people it's incredible it's a gift that we have to be in community but also just one of those things take different routes so that you're not like somebody that you know again like can be watched and can be tracked and then that way that that's just additional ways to help limit yourself as a victim
Great. Okay, so we can move on to the next question. It says, I am concerned about dorming as a trans guy. I am still unsure of my school's rules and I plan to ask my school. I constantly fear for my safety, even though I'm going to a northern city. And then we put under that LGBTQ plus safety tips and Milan. Um, you wrote some things under here, so I'm not sure if you want to say it now or afterwards. You can say it afterwards. No worries. All right. That's a, uh, a very hard question to answer because of the school that we don't know if that person's going to attend. Uh, the very truth is, as a, as a society, we're doing a much better job of understanding uh, the trans lifestyle and uh, pronouns and how to receive and respect and love uh, that specific community. I, I can't say I have an answer for, for that person because, because of the school situation. But what I could say is definitely ask the school, what, do, what plans do they have uh, to be able to protect things like that? What are the dorm plans? What are the various uh, things that they put into place? Because they're supposed to. And if they say that they, that they don't, then that's a problem in of itself and should be reported. But every school uh, is supposed to, from high school on up, to be very honest with you, is supposed to have a plan in regards to how to keep that keep individuals safe, uh, uh, not just not just safe physically, but safe emotionally and also confidentially. Because that doesn't mean that someone has to identify that person as the trans person. Uh, that person is a human being, right? So it doesn't have to be even that. So I would just say definitely identify those different things find safe people and find a safe community. That's my number one, that would be my number one advice. Find safe people, find a safe community that you can be open to, that you can share your heart and people will share their heart with you, that they support you for who you are. And I think one specific worry was that if they are rooming on, say they don't have co-ed dorms and they're rooming on a floor of all people of one gender and that sort of thing, just kind of the, the uncertainties that, that may be there. And I would tell that individual to make sure that person's dorming it where they feel safe as well, because that could be a, feel like an unsafe thing if you're born biologically one way and then in your heart, you know you're something else and what other people see and how they react and for your own protection. So safety is gonna be huge for this individual to say, I feel comfortable here. And if you do not feel comfortable, then find somewhere where you do because your safety emotionally, physically and spiritually is the most important. So to piggyback off of that, I think going back to the idea of boundaries is such an important thing to keep in mind here. Um, a 2015 study posted by the Human Resource or the Human Rights Campaign found that 47% of trans people are sexually assaulted at some point in their lifetime, and the percentage was even higher among trans people of color. So, knowing what you're comfortable with, knowing what your boundaries are, and speaking up to the officials at at this person's school. If you're in a situation where you feel uncomfortable, tell somebody about it. Don't be afraid to be that person that says, you know what. I'm not going to put up with this. This is not where I feel safe. This is not where I feel comfortable. I'd like to go somewhere else. And then just another added layer of safety and also a layer of community is look at the groups that you have on your campus. See if you can find other members of the LGBTQ community that you can bond with and form friendships with because there is strength in numbers. If you have a good support system, if you have people around you, you are so much more likely to feel comfortable speaking up and respecting and to respect your own boundaries than you are if you're just isolated by yourself. Well, and to uh, uh, go along with what uh, Dr. Jason was saying was that 
um, you ask the schools for, for anybody that this um, particular concern, um, you know, uh, relates to them. Uh, ask the schools, what are your, what are your, you know, how do you accommodate something like this? And if it isn't being done, then there are resources out there to be able to, um, you know, make a complaint with. Title IX, uh, there's a Title IX office at every college university. Um, talk to them about this. That's not, you know, these are things that are supposed to be accommodated with. And our, on our campus in particular, in our housing, because um, we have dorms on campus, uh, they have specific rooms set up for people that want to live in an area that's not necessarily a female room or male room, um, then they can, uh, they have housing available in, within the same dorm, just a separate suite for um, uh, students that uh, inquire about this and, and choose to do this. So it is available and it is something that uh, you should absolutely ask about. This isn't something that when you go to college, that this isn't where you're living and where you're sleeping and where is supposed to be a safe place for you shouldn't be something that you're having to fear. So before you go to that school uh, or while you're still picking schools, uh, ask them specifically about this and uh, don't be satisfied with a generic answer. Yes, thank you guys for that. All right, so our next question, it says, traveling alone and I'm worried about getting taken advantage of, um, robbery, assault, et cetera. What should I do to prevent this or what steps should I take if this happens? So um, I think we've really done a good job about um, talking about situational awareness and making plans. And this links, this rolls right into it. Um, <clears throat> again, I feel like I'm just always the one ringing the bell of like, you know, you're more likely to get uh, involved. Like there's a, obviously violent crime is always a thing, um, but the likelihood of it happening, like, I don't want to promote this. Like, I don't want the people to listen to this podcast and then they just finish and they're terrified that they're going to get clubbed over the head or they're going to get a, a gun stuck up their nose and, you know, shaken for all their money or, you know, sexually assaulted the next time they go into public. Um, so on the whole, like the concern is not super high, but it should be there and that and because of that, being situationally aware and just having that, there can, there's a level of confidence that comes from you looking around and knowing, I know where I am. And I, if something happens, I know what to do. Not necessarily that you need to like Kung Fu, you know, Judy chop everybody, but knowing that I know where I am, people that I care about know that I, where, where I am. Um, I'm looking around, I'm engaged in my situation, in, in my surroundings. And I'm not going to be a victim. I think that that decision in your head, that mentality of I'm not going to be a victim, whether or not that's true, because well, there's statistics to show that when involved in a violent encounter, the, the, the mindset of the person is incredibly indicative of the end result. Um, but just deciding I'm not going to be a victim. So you're going to keep like I worked south side. I worked in the same kind of area that Detective Reed talked about when I first started in Gwinnett and I finished my career in Gwinnett um, in Norcross. And I worked on average in the summertime, probably three, three to three-ish armed robberies a week, um, depending on the given week. And um, so it, it happens and knowing where you are and being able to respond to that. But 
a lot of them are crimes of opportunity. So um, just being situationally aware, deciding what you're going to do and when you're going to do it and where you're going to do it um, is a huge factor. Um, and then, you know, being knowing what to do with that information is really important too. And for students that are getting ready to go to college, the, um, the, the crime statistics um, for those campuses is um, available and um, can be looked up so that you can make an informed decision about where you're going to go um, it really is, as it relates to uh, crimes that are being reported to the police. There's um, a federal act called the Gene Cleary Act that all college campuses have to abide by by reporting their crime statistics to the public so that they can be um, viewed and you can see how safe is the area that you're going to. And then also other uh, surrounding police departments, especially in metro areas, will have their crime statistics available. So you can see like, you may not be living on campus, but you're gonna live in an apartment complex nearby or um, rent a house with a couple other people or something like that. And you can look and see what those crime statistics are in that area so that you can make an informed decision. And what's the best place to find those tips? Just uh, look it up on Google. So for, for instance, um, with Georgia Gwinnett College, it's on our website. So when you go to Georgia Gwinnett College website and you get down to the public safety link, it's, it, it has a link, a separate link on there for crime statistics. I would imagine most colleges and universities will have it available on their websites somewhere. And you could probably just, you know, search on their crime statistics or, or something like that. But if not, call the um, public safety office on that college campus and say, hey, how do I find what your crime statistics are? Um, and they can give you a link, um, uh, you know, somewhere where it's been published. Uh, as far as the surrounding police agencies, it really depends on if that police department participates in some sort of crime mapping that uh, is virtually available, or if it's something, if it's a smaller agency, maybe, they, maybe that's something that they have to give out, you know, like a person actually kind of get that statistical data and give it out. Um, but for colleges, it's required by law that they have that available and published so that the public can see it. You can also look at the uniform crime reporting. So every agency, every law enforcement agency has to submit their information for different part crimes um, to the FBI's uniform crime report. Um, so then because it, all those agencies have that, and like Lieutenant Lawler said, it may not be published on a crime map or something real intuitive, um, but you can call and get that information because everybody's required to um, put that in. But just Googling um, UCR or Uniform Crime Reporting UCR um, program, the FBI keeps statistics on that for each year. Um, and then uh, that can be a place to start. So calling an agency in the area that you want to live and say, hey, I'm looking to get information on your UCR, Uniform Crime Reporting statistics from this last, they may, it's not usually this year. So if it's 2021, they're not going to have it for 2021 and they may not have it for 2020, depending on when you call it, but 2019, at least that'll give you a very good idea of what you're looking at in forms of, in terms of crime. So that's, um, Uniform Crime Reporting Program, UCR, and they can do that by Googling it, and then it goes by state as well. Awesome, awesome. Now, so we, we've kind of gone a bit over a lot of what's in these listener questions. So like, how do I feel, not feel like a buzzkill when other people are doing things that I don't want to do? Just probably make sure to stay true to your boundaries. Don't be afraid to break those. And like, don't take no for an answer if, if someone isn't like providing you 
the way to be safe or allowing that sort of thing. Like keep on searching until you get that right answer so you can stay safe and, and feel comfortable. And then how do you go out safely and not worry about uh, being roofied or getting uh, brought home by someone you just met that night. So that kind of goes again to that saying no, but if you have something specific on that, uh, that would be great as well. So is there anything else that we would like to address concerning those questions? Okay, I just have one thing and I know I'm super long-winded. Um, that's part of my problem. It's beneficial for me in interviews, but it's always, it's not necessarily when I'm teaching. So um, I, I, just real quickly um, for this, yeah, I love what you said about staying true to yourself in terms of, um, you know, not being a buzzkill or whatever. And I mean, really, if like your friends are going to be like super down on you for being like, no, I don't want to get blackout drunk, like get better friends, really, if we're honest, but no, no judgment, but just be safe. Um, but this specific question um, is something because it's very, that's very close to home for me being an SVU detective, I have victims who are true victims that's a weird definition and then i have victims who make outcries right and so in georgia um making a false report is a crime and a lot of these uh negative stigma against women who make reports of sexual assault and stuff like that are uh, like oh she lied or like oh she's just doing it to get attention or, oh she's just a whore and now she's like sad that people think that um that never the case, like never, never something that I want to um, propagate, but I do want to say, A, roofies. I've been a cop for almost 10 years and the actual instances of us uh, encountering somebody who had been drugged is like not nil, like I've had, I've encountered it. There's been a couple, but um, percentage wise, it's so minimal, so minimal. Um, however, and I speak with specifically roofies because there's several questions in this that use that word, but more often what I see is victims roofie themselves with what they, they put into their bodies. So alcohol is absolutely a drug. Alcohol is just as, um, inhibitive, um, for function as a roofie. It just looks different and takes a different amount of time. And most often, um, you know, it's, it's us doing it to ourselves. Um, and so obviously being safe with that. Um, also just kind of jumping down with, you know, somebody orders a drink, ask them to drink it first. You're more likely to get the flu or the coronavirus from drinking after somebody than having them drink it first and have them prove that it's not drugged. So germs are icky and please don't do that. But um, my point here is, especially looking at this, this situation, um, from a, a victimology perspective, there is a difference uh, between a sexual encounter that happens while inebriated. So there's a difference in consent to a sexual encounter that you later regret versus while you were while you were drink, drunk versus um, having a sexual encounter that you were too drunk to consent to. So regret is different than lack of consent. And that's something that if like, we want to promote true victims coming forward, but we also need to educate people about making these choices that are not against our morals and not against like, like um, I think it was you Malone that said, you know, being true to yourself and not being afraid to back up from a situation when you realize that those things are going too far. Because when we get into a situation where people start using law enforcement or using um, allegations of sexual assault as responses to regret, it's no, no good for anybody. And honestly, 
I think it's, you know, like part of it, like it takes away from the, the victims who are true victims because then you have like all of this doubt that's propagated um, from, I mean, not only in like the law enforcement perspective, but like societally, culturally, but it's also a huge thing for um, the, the alleged perpetrator to man or woman to be accused of this. And so um, that, that was just one of the things that I really wanted to touch on while I had the, the platform of there is a difference between like have fun, do it safely. Remember that there's a difference between sexual encounters that you're not able to consent to and that are criminal versus sexual encounters that you did consent to and then you later regret. And even though alcohol was involved, waking up the next day and regretting it is different than it happening against your will. Yes, thank you. And to wrap this up, because we went over some of the tips that people asked, and we have a couple more. Um, so we asked our listeners, what are some tips that you have heard of that you want to know if they actually work or not? So one of them says, buy self-defense tools from Amazon, etc., like a taser. Uh, any self-defense tools that you buy are only as good as how much you practice with them. Um, so um, one time I had a person say, oh, I've got my pepper spray. And I said, really? I said, where's it at? And she's like, oh, the bottom of my bag. Well, what good is that going to do you when you're possibly being assaulted by somebody and you need to get them away from you if you have to dig in the bottom of your bag? So it needs to be readily access ac uh, accessible um, and practice with it. Uh, as police officers, if we carry a, a pepper spray, um, if we carry a taser, um, we've practiced with it. We know what it's going to do. We know what it should be doing to them uh, to know if it's working or right. Um, those of us that have been exposed to it know what it's like when you pe spray pepper spray and um, what you can expect if you get it in your eyes, if you get it in your nose, um, in your mouth, um, what it will do to you. And I'm not saying, that, you know, go put it on like you do your, you know, finishing spray or anything, but you need to know, you need to be able to expect that. So if you do have to use it offensively against somebody to be prepared, what it's, um, what it may do to you. Um, and same goes with a commercially made taser. Um, they are allowed on some college campuses. We allow them. You need to check with the, um, the school to see whether or not you're allowed to have those types of things on college campus um, before you come so you don't get in any kind of um, trouble for having them. But uh, a commercially made taser, we do allow them. Um, so, uh, but know how they work and get and have them readily accessible. Um, there's also other things, uh, loud alarm noisemakers, um, that if you pull a pin out of them, a very loud um, audible alarm will activate. Things like that are, are available um, through it. But if you have questions, get with the police department at the um, college and ask them, what are your tips for any kind of instruments that you have for crime prevention? Great, thank you. And then we went over um, apps to keep you safe. We went over that, how there was like a virtual app that you can have on your phone. Um, and another question it says, or another tip that a listener asked is buddy system if possible and always be with at least one other person that you trust. And I also think that one is pretty sound. We pretty much went over that one as well. So it's looking like, hey, listeners, y'all are doing a good job of staying safe out here. So uh, then never open a drink that you didn't see open or poured that goes with your comfort level and all of that. But I'm so glad to hear the 
that the amount of people getting drugged in these situations is lower than we may have previously expected. That's very hopeful. Another person has a scrunchie for when she is at parties that covers her drink. So how, how does that sound? Let's see, like kind of like a Mythbusters thing. I don't know, like, yeah, sure. Use your scrunchie. Um, but also looking at uh, just behaviorally, like what are you, um, if you're hanging out in a situation and you want to be safe, like maybe don't consider leaving your drink, just hanging around. It's not, I don't, I've never encountered anybody um, just walking around, like sprinkling roofies into people's drinks. Like, you know, you're looking this way and then somebody from behind your shoulder, like tosses one in and just bloop. And there it is. So the scrunchie would have like helped it bounce out. But um, so use it if it makes you feel comfortable, but uh in general know where your stuff is and keep eyes on it and um i think that would help mitigate it but i'm interested to see what you have to say to read i was going to say the exact same thing i would just not leave my drink like 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 detective cavarotta said if it's something that makes you feel better to have that scrunchie on it absolutely go for it but think about the risk versus the reward i personally do not want to leave my drink anywhere where i can't see it and i'm not physically in control of it so consider that as a preventative measure to take as well we also heard that those issues sometimes can be a little bit more prevalent than sexual assault or trafficking uh and so another question would be what is some uber slash lyft slash taxi safety because i've heard like horror stories of uh an Uber driver assaulting a, a client or like someone that they're driving around or the other way around and someone who gets into an Uber uh, assaults their driver. I think like from what I've seen, um, just like through experience and like watching um, people talk about safety, I know like they always mention that you should check the license plate, I think, like with the one that's mentioned on the app with the car that you're getting into. Um, but I would love to hear what Detective Reed has to say about that because I saw she unmuted. No, I just have really good timing about talking over people, apparently. Um, stuff like that's always going to be a good thing. You know, being aware of your surroundings. If you have a chance to check that license plate when you walk up, type it into your notes or record it somewhere so that you have it. But I feel like I'm I feel like I'm getting repetitive when I say this, but again, strength in numbers. You know, if you have the chance to not Uber or Lyft by yourself don't do it. You have to understand that as a young woman, you're more likely to be assaulted or sexually assaulted. And there's a certain amount of that comes with doing things like that by yourself. Because at the end of the day, even though this person works for a company like Uber or Lyft, they're still a stranger to you. So if you have the opportunity to get into a car with one of your friends or two or three, whatever you have to do to get that group together, I would absolutely feel more comfortable Ubering with a group of people that I know and I'm comfortable with versus getting an Uber by myself. And it looks like that about wraps up our discussion. This has been incredibly informative. I've gotten hope from a lot of these facts, a little bit more faith in society. That's a great thing to have. Um, but most of all, I really just want to thank all of our guests one more time because that was fantastic. Thank you for spending your time. Thank you for educating our audience as well as anyone else who decides to listen. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you all so much. Thanks y'all for the opportunity. It was great to be able to speak and share and I'm glad to see y'all at least taking steps to promoting these ideas of, of safety and thinking outside of just like the narrow bubbles that we're in and continuing to push the, the issue out.
like current issues out. So thank y'all. Yeah, thank you for reaching out to us and inviting us to do this. I think it's a great way to reach uh, your listeners and anybody else who may stumble upon this and or have it recommended to them in a way that they may not have gotten this kind of information uh, anyway else. And it may open up more conversations or be allow them to have some really good prepared questions for when they are ready to go to college you know, where, where can we find this information out? And Hey, I may not have thought about that. And if it was brought up through this way, then that's fantastic. Spread the information. Yeah. Thank you for having us. You know, we truly love to see women taking proactive steps to be safe and have a good time while being safe. So I hope this information is good. If you share it with your friends, I hope it's good for them too, because at the end of the day, we want you guys to have a good time. College is so much fun, but it's way more fun when you know that you're doing everything you can to prevent being victimized. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you guys and we appreciate everyone that has listened to this episode and hopefully you guys have learned some things and we'll take some preventative measures. Preventative? Is that, did I say that correctly? I think I said it correctly. That is a wrap. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate your attendance and listening to all of our episodes and for this one which was particularly important this is the end of season two we so appreciate you being here with us now uh to give us give you a wrap up with our links so that you can stay engaged with us during the summer months as well as in the future we are on instagram just a dot podcast and our link tree with our information on listening platforms ways that you can catch up on episodes that you may have missed from season one or the the beginning of season two as well as resources pertaining to this subject matter and all types of stuff our website all of that is at our link tree l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash just a dot podcast thanks again for being with us and stay tuned for more information Bye, y'all. See you at season three. Bye. See you later. Mwah.